times? So the answer, of course, is yes, we do believe in the end of times. And the concept, and I'll soon explain what that concept actually means. But the concept, the end of times, or in Hebrew, achrit hayamim, is very clear in Judaism. It's clear in the Torah itself. It's clear in scripture. It's clear in our oral tradition. We Jews believe in the end of times. The Torah itself mentions this concept of the end of times at least twice, perhaps more. Um, Firstly, in this week's parsha, when Jacob tells um, his children, I will tell you what will happen at the end of times. Later, there is a prophet called Bilam that is hired by a Moabite king, Balak, to curse Israel. And he ends up blessing them. And then before he leaves, he tells Balak, Balak is upset at him. He says, before I go, let me tell you what these people are going to do to your people at the end of times. And he speaks about what will happen to the different nations of the ancient world uh, at the end of times. And throughout Tanakh, this concept is mentioned. It's spoken about in Isaiah, in Jeremiah, in Ezekiel, in Micha, in Zechariah. Malachi, Daniel speaks about in great detail, Psalms, and many other places. This concept of the end of times is mentioned throughout Scripture. Sometimes we use the term achrit hayamim, the end of times. Um, sometimes the, Daniel uses the term et ketz, the end. Ketz means the end in Hebrew. Um, often the prophets, particularly Isaiah and Jeremiah, and some of the later prophets use the term bayom hahu, on that day. They say, vahaya bayom hahu will be on that day, referring to the day of the end of times. Our sages also use terms to refer to it. Sometimes they refer to it as atid lavo, the future to come, or simply olam haba, the world to come. All different terms to use for the end of times. Now, not only do we Jews believe in the end of times, we were the first ones to give civilization, to give the world the concept of the end of times. Before Jews came around, before Judaism began, other pagans, other tribal beliefs either believed in a flat time, in other words, with the time with no beginning, no end, just keeps going. Or they believed in a concept called cyclical time. Essentially, where time is a cycle. And you have a beginning of time, and then you end, and then you start again, and then you start again. And um, the um, Eastern religions believe in this kind of cyclical time that it keeps going in cycles. Um, Judaism be- introduced the concept of linear time. Linear time means that time is a line. It has a starting point. We start at a certain point with creation. And it it ends at a certain point. We serve a purpose. And then we reach the end of time. We end at a certain point. And so that's a concept that Judaism has given the world. Religions that are offshoots of Judaism, have taken that concept of the end of time, like they took many other ideas from Judaism, often they corrupted them, and, um, but they, they have those concepts from Judaism, but it originally came from us. Just as we know, people are mortal. In other words, life begins at a certain point with birth. 
life ends at a certain point, and our lifetime has a beginning and an end. Our lifetime is linear. In the same way, we believe our world is mortal. Our world began at a certain point, and our world ends at a certain point. Now, to some, that might sound depressing. We're mortal. We're not going to be around forever. But if you actually think about it, it is powerfully liberating. Imagine what happened. Think about our life. Imagine what happened if people lived forever. There was no death. We lived forever. Life would be of little value. You would never be able to celebrate somebody's life. You wouldn't have achievements of a lifetime. You'd be able to push everything off. I'll do it tomorrow. You've got no shortage of time. You can always have more time to do it. So there'd be no, life would be boring. There'd be no achievements, no life. There'd be no purpose or no meaning to life if it was eternal. The same thing is also with time or our world. Anything that has no limit has no value. If there was unlimited money, it would be worth nothing. Only because money is limited does it have value. Only things that have limit have value. Time, our lives are limited. We only have a certain number of years that we're going to live. And we don't even know how many they are. And so that gives value to our lives. The world is limited. That gives value and purpose to our lives. Into our world. Reality begins somewhere. Has a goal. A purpose. Is going to achieve something. When we reach that achievement we end. Just as in our human life. We live a life. We we work, we achieve. At the end of our life, we celebrate that which we've achieved throughout our lifetime. It ends. So in the same way, reality essentially does the same thing. It only has value and meaning if we're working towards an end goal and we end somewhere. So in Judaism, we keep working towards that end goal and the goal is to end somewhere. What is our purpose what is the end goal of Judaism? What do we believe the purpose of time is? So, in brief, um, Judaism teaches that the goal of creation was for our world, which does not naturally recognize God, for our world to recognize God and become essentially a better place through its recognition of God. And so our goal is to perfect our world. And once we reach that point, though, of perfection, or we reach the maximum perfection that we're able to with our own work, then we reach the end. So at that point, we have an end. So, what, so therefore, we do believe, and in a sense, it's not depressing to have an end of time. It's liberating. It means that we have a purpose, a goal. We're working towards something. Time does not just continue on forever with no value or no meaning or no purpose. So what then? Yes, Debbie. Um, what about the spiritual world? Does that end too? Very good question. What happens to the spiritual world? Well, what happens when we reach the end of time? What does happen when we reach the end of time? Do we all go dark 
when we reach the end of time? Does everything just shut off when we reach the end of time? Who said yes? No. So, the, it does not go dark when we reach the end of time. Perhaps we could best understand reality as a macro of our own personal lives. What happens in our own personal lives? Our lives, we believe, are limited. Well, they are. You're born at a certain time, and you live a certain number of years, and then you... <coughs> And then you die when you finish whatever years you go through, whatever lifetime you have, and then you die. What happens when a person dies? So, briefly, because this is not our topic, but briefly, what we believe in Judaism happens when a person dies, we don't disappear and go dark. It's not all over when we die. In fact, we believe that we continue. Why? The person is not a body. The body is only what holds us in this world. But the I, the individual, the one who's understanding, the one who feels, the one who is deciding, the individual, the one whom we are communicating with, the individual is a soul. The soul is not physical, the soul is spiritual. A spiritual soul as a spiritual being does not die. The soul continues. The soul is eternal. The soul existed before we were born. The soul was put into our bodies when we were born. The soul continues after we die. So we do not go dark when we die. We continue. We continue to exist forever after we die. The soul does, but we still die. What happens when we die? The body dies. But it's more than just the body dying when we die. The soul doesn't die. The body dies. But what happens is our ability to grow and achieve and accomplish and make a difference ends. And that is the worst part of death. When you lose a loved one, they're still there. They haven't disappeared. Their soul is still there. We don't see them. We don't feel them, which is very difficult. But the hardest thing about losing a loved one is they cannot grow. Exactly at the moment where they died, that's the totality of their life. They cannot achieve anything else. They cannot do anything else. They cannot continue growing as you're growing, right? Those that they leave behind keep growing, while those that have died stop growing. The growth the achievements, the accomplishments, the impact ends with death. So our lifetime is not only the time that the body is alive, but our lifetime is the time that our soul is given an opportunity to accomplish, to achieve, to do things. We're only able to do things in our lifetime. Beforehand, the soul was waiting to be born. Afterwards, the soul spends... The rest of eternity reflecting on its life. But you can only accomplish and achieve within your lifetime. Growth and accomplishments end with death. The same thing essentially we believe for reality as well. We won't go dark at the end of time. Exactly what will happen I'll get to in a moment. But we won't go dark at the end of time. However, our ability to achieve and accomplish ends at the end of time. 
In other words, we're working towards a goal. We're working towards improving our world. We're working towards making our world a more godly place and a better place. And that goal, once achieved and accomplished, is, or once we reach the maximum that we're able to do, once we've reached that, it's over. And then we don't achieve and accomplish anymore. Now we continue for the rest of eternity reflecting on what we have achieved and what we have accomplished. Or as the word, in the words of our sages, the Midrash tells us, Hayom la'asotam lemachar lekabel scharam. Today you got to work, tomorrow you get paid. Tomorrow you get the reward. We can only achieve and accomplish in our lifetime. We can only achieve and accomplish in this world before the end of times while we're working towards that goal. When we reach the goal, when we reach our goal, then our ability to achieve and accomplish ends. So yes. who benefits from this soul? Who benefits by having this soul around? We do. We don't disappear. We don't disappear. We continue. But our ability to achieve and accomplish, which for us is the greatest thing that we can do, is only now, is only in our lifetime. And in the same way, in a macro sense, our ability to change the world, to make the world a better place, only lasts as long as we're continue, continuing to work on it. When we reach the end of time, we, lose the, we don't disappear, but we lose the ability to achieve and accomplish. We lose the ability, we're not facing challenges anymore. We lose the ability to continue growing and continue making an impact. So in f- so will Mashiach come before the end of time? I'll get to that. Yes, I'll, I'll get that in a moment. So yes, is each soul uh, that's that's given to the, at birth? Each soul is unique. We have a class. People often ask if Judaism believes in reincarnation. Reincarnation is a cyclical system from Eastern religions. Judaism, therefore, does not believe in reincarnation in that kind of sense at all. Um, We do have another concept that's often confused with reincarnation called Gilgal. Um, We have a class on reincarnation coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. So the soul that departs doesn't re-enter in another body. No. What's the, what, what when they say like an old soul? I thought it was it had been here before. Or no. Okay. No. We're gonna do a class on it, so I don't want to give it all away now. <laughs> so in fact, in fact, the term Olam Haba, world to come, can actually be used for both the afterlife, in other words, the experience of the soul afterlife, as well as for the experience at the end of time. And it's often used for both, and sometimes we refer to both of them together. In other words, there's this similar concept, both our soul afterlife continues to exist, but can no longer achieve, can no longer make a difference. 
can no longer do. And the same thing will also be in our world at the end of time. When we reach the end of time, we will, not be, we will only be able to, um, we will continue to exist, but we will no longer be able to achieve. We will no longer be able to do now in our lifetimes. And now while our world is still working towards the goal, now is the time to accomplish. Now is the time to work to make a difference. So what exactly will happen at the end of times? What exactly is going to happen? Well, firstly, when is it going to come? Before we get to... We don't know when it's going to come, when this end of times is going to come. We um, refer to the end of times, at least part of it, as Moshiach, which Don just mentioned before. Um, we are... We believe that it will happen, and even more than we believe it will happen, we are told in our prophets that we should anticipate it coming as well. We should wait for it. We should hope for it to come soon. So in other words, that we work harder to achieve the goals of our world, improving our world, and make sure that it comes work to make sure that it comes sooner. So um, we anticipate it, we wait for it, but we do not know exactly when it is going to happen. In a famous tale that the Talmud tells, that... Um, a sage once met Moshiach, let's we'll talk about what Moshiach is, once met Moshiach and said, when are you going to come? When is it all going to end? And he said, today! <laughs> and so he was very excited. And so he was ready for the end and um, they ended and nothing happened. So he went back to Moshiach the next day and he said, when are you going to come? And he said, today! You said that yesterday. He said, yes, today, if Hayom in today, if you f- listen to God and you do what you're supposed to. So he could come today, uh, but it's all up to us. Yes. I learned that um, Mashiach comes when there's enough good in the world. Correct. So we have to get to a point where we've done our job and, and everything's good. And, then come. and if he's not here yet, we haven't done enough. Exactly. You've got to keep working. So what exactly will happen at the end of time? So there really are two answers to this, or perhaps even, as we'll see, possibly two ends of time. One that is somewhat clear and one that is very unclear. So the first is the coming of Moshiach. So it is very clear in our Torah, um, the Torah means the five books of Moses always, and the rest of our scripture and and in our oral tradition, that although we were exiled, we were sent away from the promised land, Jews have been dispersed throughout the world, our temple has been destroyed, we have been promised that, firstly, we will be brought back to the promised land, or what's called in Hebrew, kibbutz galiot, the ingathering of the exiles. We have been promised that our, our temple will be rebuilt. And we have also promised that this will happen at a time that will usher in a time of peace. A time of peace, a time of tranquility. This achievement um, of us being brought back to the promised land, rebuilding the temple, and ushering in this period of peace, will be led by a Jewish individual, as described in in our scripture, be led by a Jewish individual 
from the royal house of David. The house of King David was the royal house uh, for over 400 years. David and his descendants were kings over Israel. Um, and he will become king over Israel. And he will be called Moshiach, the anointed one. Sometimes he's called Semach um, or other names in, throughout scripture. Uh, but he will be called the anointed one, Moshiach. Moshiach because kings in Israel traditionally were anointed. So he will be an, the anointed king of God. Now, of course, this has never happened yet. Israel has not yet been gathered back to the promised land since our first exile. While, small, while groups of Jews have gone back, sometimes even large groups, we have never all been gathered together. Our temple has not been rebuilt and is currently not standing. Um, and we definitely have not yet reached a point of world peace. The coming of Moshiach as described in our scripture and in our oral traditions, is a time that will end all violence, all crime, all jealousy, all war, and it is a time that everybody will recognize God. Isaiah describes and other prophets describe it as a time where all will come to the recognition of God, all of humanity, and everybody will recognize us as God's chosen people. So this time has not yet happened. We believe it will happen. This Moshiach coming, when we reach this point, which will include us going back, all going back to the promised land, including the rebuilding of our temple, and include ushering in a time of peace, um, is the end of times, or at least part one of the end of times, is the end of times. At this point, there is no more violence, jealousy, war, people are not doing bad anymore, everyone recognizes God. Now, scripture predicts at the end of times many miraculous things that will happen. Famously, Isaiah uses the words, Vigar ze'ev im keves, a wolf shall lie with the lamb, and many other miraculous things that are described that will happen in the future times. There is a great debate among Jewish scholars Already going back to the Talmud, there's a great debate as to whether when Moshiach comes, there will actually be great supernatural miracles. In other words, miracles that break the laws of physics and the laws of nature. We spoke about miracles last week. Um, will supernatural miracles happen at the end of time or when Moshiach comes or not? This is hotly debated. Some say yes, Definitely, there will be great miracles, as we see from Scripture. Others say, no, those miracles are all metaphor. The wolf shall lie with the lamb. It means that people who are wolves will lie with people who are lambs, and they will all get along peacefully. They will not harm each other. So um, there is a debate as to whether it will be miraculous or not. Clearly, though, whether the laws of physics will change in any way or not, the human mind will definitely change because everybody will recognize God. And that's very clear. Everybody will recognize God. Recognition of God will be open. Um, in the words of Isaiah, All flesh will see that God has spoken. The earth will be filled with knowledge of God. Everybody will recognize God. Everyone will recognize the truth. People will not be tempted to harm other people or to do harm to others. 
And so the, even if our physics don't change, it is clear that the human mind will change. The human mind will change in our recognition of God and in our desire to hurt others. So in that, people will change. Um, when Moshiach comes, clearly we have not yet reached that time. Yes? Do you think that's why people are moving towards veganism? That that's beginning a shift? In... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a great topic for a class, veganism. <laughs> so, at this point, of course, once, once Moshiach has come, and there is no more negative inclination. Nobody wants to hurt anyone else anymore. Nobody wants to cause harm to others. Nobody wants to fight anymore. When we reach this point, clearly many of our challenges, or most of our challenges, have disappeared. Most of our challenges are gone. Because most of our challenges are human inflicted, are inflicted by the human mind. If everyone openly recognizes God, recognizes God and does not want to harm anyone anymore, then our challenges are gone. And so the challenge in this world, the challenges that we have today, and our ability to make our world a better place would have essentially disappeared. We've reached the end of time, the end of our uh, his historical goal to make our world a better place and make our world more godly. So with the coming of Mashiach, yes, in that sense, we will have reached the end of time, the end of all achievement and accomplishment. Life will no longer be a challenge. Now, given firstly that we're uncertain within our own Jewish sources as to whether life in this Times of Mashiach, as it's called, or in Hebrew, Yemot HaMashiach, will be miraculous or not. And given that regardless, we do know that people will be totally different. Um, it's very hard for us to imagine what life will be like then. It's very hard to picture life in another society. It's very hard to picture life where people are different. Just as... Someone in some tribe in the jungle would never be able to picture our lives today. They wouldn't imagine what our lives look like. You mean you spend your whole day staring at a screen, right? They wouldn't understand what our lives look like. So it's very hard for us to picture what life would be like, even without miracles, but where people don't have any temptation to do wrong. And... Even more so if there are miraculous things and laws of physics change and perhaps animals are no longer carnivorous or other sickness is gone and other things that may change that is debated. Um, if things indeed change in that way, it's very hard for us to picture and know what life will be like. And indeed, um, the, um, Maimonides and many Jewish scholars have written that Nobody truly knows and can truly depict what life will be like once Moshiach comes. Despite our many prophecies, it's hard to know what many of them mean. It's hard to know which ones are met metaphors. It's hard to know exactly what it will look like. And so we cannot really say what this period will look like. But it clearly is a time when our challenges end. And our ability to grow ends. Our ability to make this world a better place ends. Our ability to influence ends. Imagine LinkedIn without any influencers. 
right? Our ability to influence, to impact, to change lives is going to end because everybody's good. We re we've already reached perfect goodness. The only difference, of course, similar in a way to, as we said before, to what happens to us after life, after we die, the only difference is that after we die, we're, not, we're no longer in a physical body, we're in a spiritual reality, our souls are spiritual. When Moshiach comes, we live in a perfect goodness, but in our own world, in this reality. Which raises an important question. When we reach the end of times, would we prefer to continue living here? Or should we really all live a spiritual life? Why should we continue living in our bodies? Why should we continue living in this physical world? Why do we indeed see that at least this first stage of the end of time, Moshiach coming, um, needs to be in this physical world, um, but with no challenges, but with no um, in negative inclinations with no desire to do wrong where everyone's accepting God why for that matter why can't we just live a spiritual life live a life of souls without our bodies so the answer is that our goal in our world is to the goal of creation as we explained before the reason the purpose of history what we are working towards in our history is to make our world a better place to make our world more godly. We're working towards a certain kind of reality, a physical reality, our physical world, but where everything is good, where everything is perfect. So there'd be no point working towards a certain goal and then when you get there, to shut it all down, right? End the game, build your uh, work for decades on building your um, dream, and then your dream sculpture or your dream painting, and as soon as you're done, destroy it. That would, what would be the point? You want to then experience what you've been working towards. So we are working towards creating a perfectly good world as we try to make our world a better place. The end goal is to experience that perfectly good world. So as we work to make our world a better place, we then get to experience how our world is a better place. We get to actually experience um, the times of Moshiach where we are in our bodies, physical people, possibly with physical challenges, in other words, sickness and the challenges of physics, um, that's again debated, but definitely without any human-generated challenges because people are all doing the right thing. Everybody is perfect. Now, another core Jewish belief that relates to the end of times is the belief in resurrection. This, again, is a Jewish belief. Other societies believe that as well. And, of course, the, the religions that are offshoots of Judaism took this concept from us. Resurrection is actually described as having happened in Scripture um, twice uh, in the book of Kings. Um, both Elijah was able to resurrect someone and then Elisha was able to resurrect someone. So it's described as having happened. It's described in great detail in Ezekiel, in the famous Valley of Dry Bones prophecy, where he sees an entire army of people resurrected. And so it's happened. 
But the Torah tells us um, in the portion of Ha'azinu, uh, towards a, it's a, the, a song at the very end of the Torah where Moses tells what's going to happen in the future times, and it concludes with the words, Ani amit I make people die and then I bring them back to life. And so this is the belief, and it's mentioned throughout Scripture in Ezekiel, later in Daniel, in Isaiah, that all of those who who have died, hakitsu, Isaiah says, Vakitsu Viranu Shochne Afar, those that are dwelling in the dust will get up and will sing. All those who have died will in a future time be resurrected. And this is a basic Jewish belief. Maimonides, who um, is most famous for being the great codifier of Judaism, he kind of organized all of the different rules and principles of Judaism. And he organized the basic principles of our faith that he classified as 13 principles. And principle number 13 is the belief in resurrection. The belief that all who die will come back to life. So, and this is a basic part of our prayers. Um, Throughout our prayers, we mention, invoke the resurrection. We do it at the funeral as well. We invoke, mention the resurrection, of course, that those who die are going to come back to life. It's part of our belief. Um, one of the reasons why, we, um, why burial is so important in Judaism, as we mentioned a few weeks ago when we spoke about burial. So it is a central belief in Judaism that all who died will be resurrected. Yes? And what will they look like? That is a very good question. Before I get to that, let me first talk about um, when it will happen and why. So, if firstly, it's not. So, while we do believe that it will happen, and it will happen clearly once Moshiach comes, or part of the process of Moshiach coming, um, possibly maybe right before Moshiach comes, part of the process, but definitely as part of the process of Moshiach coming, there will be, or maybe later, some suggest, um, there will be a point of. Resurrection. Clearly, this will definitely be miraculous, without a doubt. Um, and so, and the Midrashic sources imply that it will be sometime after the original coming of Moshiach. Um, so, but all those and so all those um, who have been part of God's chosen people, who were chosen for His unique role um, through His commandments, made a covenant with him through his commandments, will be resurrected. Um, all those who, um, all those who um, were part of his chosen people. Um, whether those who did really bad will be resurrected is in somewhat a complex debate. Um, it appears that you don't have to be Jewish to be resurrected. Non-Jews, righteous non-Jews can be resurrected as well, um, though not all will, not all non-Jews will be resurrected. Which ones will and which ones w- won't has also been discussed, and ultimately we don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, how exactly life will look like, what it will be like. Clearly, you don't want to come back the way you died, where you were bedridden, maybe, uh, you know, not able, you know, stuck to all those machines. That's not the way you want to come back. Um, Isaiah describes in a future time getting rid of sickness. 
Um, so all sickness will disappear together with the resurrection. Um, the Talmud discusses whether we, they will first be resurrected and then healed or resurrected in a heal, healed manner. Um, resurrection raises a lot of other practical challenges um, that we honestly don't know the answer for. We've debated and discussed this, but we don't have clear answers for them. Um, clearly, you're talking about um, even if it's just the Jewish people, if there's been, you know, in the last 3,000 years, there's been maybe 100 generations of Jews. Um, how many millions of Jews lived in every generation? I mean, you're talking perhaps a billion people um, that will come back, if not more. Um, it will change life as we know it. By the Mashiach's time, as we said, we don't know what life will look like. Um, what do you do, people who um, were widowed and then remarried? Who will they, what, who will they want to go to? What, what, choice, what will they do? Um, do they go back to their first spouse, to their later spouse? These are all issues that are hotly discussed and debated in Jewish sources. Um, and I don't have a clear, easy, simple answer to any of these questions. But clearly, there are a lot of questions that will be raised um, by just the very concept of resurrection. Um, I can say simply, not knowing what Moshiach's times will be like, we definitely don't know what resurrection will look like. Yes, Tom? Certainly sounds to me like resurrection is reincarnation. How do you differentiate? Very good question. Reincarnation, as um, often described, and again, we're not going to discuss reincarnation, is when a person comes back as somebody else. So in other words, you were once one person, now you become somebody else. It, well, you come back now in a different experience, different individual. Resurrection is the belief that in the future times, it has not yet happened, at least individually, but not on a mass scale. It happened in scripture, but never on a mass scale. The full resurrection is yet to happen, and everybody will come back as they were, as the person they were, with their experiences, with their memories, with their body. They will come back as they were, new and improved. At what age? I don't have an easy answer to that question again. Um, we'll be healed. Um, I don't know. I'm getting there. So before, but before that. So why does, why is resurrection important? Why do we even need everybody to come back? Do we really need to come back? You could, after you die, go to heaven, be in heaven for the rest of your, for the rest of eternity, um, enjoying the bliss of heaven. What do you need to come back for? So the answer is really, it gets boring in heaven. The answer is really, it only gets boring in our world where we live in a reality where you need to accomplish things. Things need to get accomplished. When you're not accomplishing, you're bored. But if you lived in a reality where you never needed to accomplish, think animals, where they don't working towards any goals and never need to accomplish anything, they purposeless, they never get bored. If you're living in a purposeless reality, so heaven doesn't get boring when you're in heaven. But for us, it's boring. So um, why does everyone have to come back? So it's the same answer to why we believe that Moshiach's times or the future times will be in our real world. Remember, we're all working towards our goal to make our world a good and godly place. Every one of us are working to achieve that goal and hopefully we've all done something to help further that goal to make our world a better place and a more godly place. 
We're all working towards that. The goal is to actually then have a world that is good and godly. That's the goal. And so that's why the ultimate goal is to live in this world where with no challenges, all good and all godly. But everyone who worked on this goal, everybody who was part of this goal should get to experience what they worked on. You worked for it, you should get to live it when we get there. So everyone needs to get to experience it, and therefore we believe that there, must, that there will be a resurrection. Everybody who did work on it will, will experience it. Everyone who worked on it will actually get to live within that ultimate real world, that ultimate good world. What life will be like, who exactly will come back, what life will be like, Clearly, once everybody is back and healed and no more sickness and presumably no other natural troubles, will people then live forever? Will we or will we then die after a little bit? Exactly what will happen, we do not know. Um, in, in Isaiah it says, No eye saw besides you, God, has seen what the future times will look like. And the Talmud says, once we get to a time post the original Moshiach days, we definitely have no idea what it will actually look like. Where does it all end? Where does it all end? We don't really know. There's a debate. Here's what we do know. There's been a debate, an ancient debate, between Jewish scholars over what the final, final end actually is. Some believed that at some point, the Talmud says either 1,000 or 2,000 years after into this Moshiach time, this end of time period, um, at a certain point, it all goes black, or at least the physical reality goes black, and it goes back to just being God alone, and everything becomes included in the ultimate existence in God. Um, we will disappear, we will then continue as souls essentially in the ultimate bliss, um, spiritual um, heaven. Others believe that no, the ultimate goal is to remain in our own physical reality, and our physical reality of whatever it will look like with no human challenges, because everybody will be doing the right thing and it will all be good, and no material challenges, because there will be no sickness, and no pain, and no death, um, what exactly, uh, and that will then continue to eternity, regardless we will not be achieving and accomplishing anything. Regardless, what we do know is that Judaism believes time is linear. We believe we started, we have an end, and we are working towards a goal. The end of time is that goal. And so we are. We have a purpose. We have a pur- Our world has a purpose. Our lives have a beginning and an end. We are all working both individually towards a purpose, but the goal is greater than ourselves. We ourselves are just part of something that's much bigger than ourselves. And this is a central belief in Judaism that I think I've brought up in other classes. That our goal is not for ourselves. That we should experience eternal bliss. I was not created by God just to enjoy myself, to be happy, or to live a happier life in, a, in, a, in heaven. But our goal is for some, we are part of something much bigger. Um, and we are part of that ultimate goal of creation 
to, and the ultimate goal of our world, to make our world a better and more godly place. When we do reach that goal, then Moshiach will come, which will include the rebuilding of the temple and gathering of the exiles, an end of all um, evil and bad among people, and eventually include resurrection of the dead and um, an end of all suffering and all sickness, and exactly what life will be like then, we do not know. What we do know is that our ability to achieve and accomplish will be over. Now is the time to do it. Now is the time to make a difference.